You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to Locked On College Football. My name is Josh Ward along with Andrew Wade. It is a Ward and Wade Wednesday as we're here at the midpoint of the week. And we have a lot to break down on today's show. Still looking back at last weekend, but this upcoming weekend, you get the big boy between Alabama and Georgia in the SEC, Andrew. And we'll talk about how the big boys performed last weekend as well, because I think a message was sent to some of college football. Now let's see if we can get some things sorted out this upcoming weekend. Absolutely, man. It was a fun weekend in college football. I mean, we were wondering, is Clemson, is Miami legit? And what does Clemson actually look like in their first real test they've had in honestly a couple of years in the ACC? And I think it's pretty obvious Clemson was legit. Clemson is a team to be reckoned with. And I honestly felt like in that game, they won by a hefty margin, but they left so many points on the board and Miami got pretty lucky arguably in their two touchdowns especially the first one on, on a botched field goal kick that Dabo Sweeney should have never attempted I mean it was it was quite the weekend and I think Clemson just solidified themselves as a national champion contender yeah I think so too when uh, Dabo is going into the half and he says that's totally on me shouldn't have happened shouldn't have kicked it that's why they got the touchdown then you know that well that touchdown it, it occurs it's on the scoreboard but that uh, that takes away from the indication of what the gap was between Clemson and Miami and then you have the Georgia-Tennessee game, and I host Locked On Vols every day, and Tennessee was up at the half, but that was also a game where Georgia snaps the ball over the head of quarterback Stetson Bennett, and it was a, a weird, fluky situation where Tennessee lands in the ball in the end zone, so there's essentially a free touchdown for Tennessee. Georgia oddly went for it on fourth and short. To me, that didn't make any sense in their own territory. The risk-reward didn't uh, work out. They didn't get it, and Tennessee deserves credit for the stop, but then that set Tennessee to come out. Jim Cheney likes to fire on on those kinds of opportunities a lot of OCs do and Tennessee scored a touchdown if Georgia punts it Tennessee's not hitting a 70-yard bomb probably so in the second half Georgia runs away my, my point here would be Clemson against Miami Clemson's a two-touchdown favorite Clemson shows yeah we should have been Georgia in the end wins by more than 20 points against Tennessee flexed its muscles in the second half and I, I wonder if that's just that's the way we're often going to see it Clemson Miami Alabama against the clearly inferior teams more than more often than not they're gonna they're gonna knock them out by the end of the fourth quarter yeah it's, it's interesting too because across the SEC I think it's kind of interesting what we're seeing where we're seeing some of those bottom feeder teams actually be relevant and competitive but we're also seeing the top teams like you said flex their muscles and be like here we are that's right remember us we're gonna kick some but I mean everyone at the beginning of the, the year Georgia was kind of written off when they barely beat Arkansas I mean it took them a whole half to get going against Arkansas they were losing against Arkansas Arkansas doesn't look that bad and Georgia's looking even better yeah. um, and I think this week is gonna be a lot of fun watching Georgia versus Alabama to see really what that tier is in the SEC um, but then also Florida losing to you know, Texas A&M, that was a huge loss that I wasn't exactly anticipating. I really didn't think much of Texas A&M, but Jimbo Fisher, I think it's a, a pretty big win in his young Texas A&M career. Yeah. What do you think about A&M, which was coming off this time a week ago, a really disappointing loss to Alabama. But again, that's Alabama. That's the that's the big boy that we're talking about, along with Georgia and Clemson. Texas A&M, if you look at the schedule, Andrew, and we could always play this game and, and things go one way and then we think things are happening and then they go the other way after that. But the schedule for Texas A&M now all of a sudden sets up 
pretty favorably where they play Mississippi State, have an off week, then host Arkansas, play South Carolina, Tennessee on the road, Ole Miss, LSU, Auburn. I mean, it's a manageable schedule. I, I don't know where A&M finishes, but a season with high expectations, Jimbo can still get there, right? Yeah, I mean, you get a win over a top five team, and I don't think that was a Florida is a bad team statement. I think Florida is still a very good team. They have a very good offense. Yeah, they can't get stops on defense. Yeah, defensively, they need to they need to fix some things. But when you have a guy like Kyle Trask, who some are uh, definitely the the hype has died down a little bit after that game, but some are considering him maybe QB four. Uh, Pitts is a fantastic tight end uh, matchup nightmare. They still beat them though. Um, that's still a big win, as you said. I mean, I'm looking at these games, and there's not a single game where I think, oh man, Texas A&M is definitely going to lose that game. They have the opportunity to win every single game in this conference. That being said, like I just earlier said earlier, the SEC is actually getting pretty deep. Where in past years, the SEC has had a lot of very strong teams at the top. And across the board, always a good conference. But you had the Arkansas in there. Um, you know, the, the Mississippi States, you know, were not always – I mean, the last couple of years they've been solid. But um, Arkansas is a team that I'm very interested in seeing them continue to develop. I mean, they had Auburn on the ropes there. And I think Arkansas – honestly should have won that not if not for a officiating sure. error too which i think is very interesting to see but again texas a&m they have they put themselves in the driver's seat after being florida they have the opportunity they're not going to go to the sec sec championship game but this is now in the makings to have a top 15 finish again well it was such a weird saturday especially in that noon slot wasn't it where uh you have texas a&m in florida nobody can get stops and there was a turnover that led to a&m and its winning drive but you have that game going on while you have texas oklahoma which looks more SEC-ish, but then, of course, they have the overtimes to add the points on there. But uh, a weird weekend where LSU's defense is a disaster. They can't get stops against Missouri or Mississippi State. Mississippi State's come back down to earth, and uh, things are upside down in a number of ways in 2020, and I think that's the case in college football as well, where Oklahoma is excited to get out of there in multiple overtimes to avoid a third loss, and Texas already has two losses now in the season. Yeah, I mean, what do you do in the Big 12? <laughs> Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State. Those are the three teams. We talked about them last week. What the heck is going on? We're looking at the SEC. Arkansas wins a freaking game. Alabama did, you know, their defense looked porous against Ole Miss. Georgia is doing relatively well with a quarterback that was a walk-on previously, um, now on scholarship, obviously, after going to JUCO. The Big 12, again, who knows who's going to win that conference. The college football, I think the big point I took away from this weekend is that college football, the landscape, is completely wide open. The only thing to make this year a little bit crazier is to watch Ohio State somehow self-implode, right? Like the Big 10 has this you know crazy thing. That Ohio State doesn't win a game the first couple, of, you know, that kind of thing. But the college football landscape is crazy this year, man. Yeah, you're right. And uh, next week, we'll have to talk about Iowa State and Oklahoma State as Oklahoma State's not playing this week as the Baylor game has been postponed. So both teams are getting ready for the October 24th game, which is also Big Ten opening weekend. So next week around the country, we'll have even more storylines to pay attention to in college football. But Iowa State, Oklahoma State is going to be a really important game next week in the Big 12. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge one. And again, Iowa State playing ranked teams at Jack Trice is actually a scary concept for those teams coming in there. But um, Iowa State on the road against Oklahoma State, um, I do think they have a solid team. I mean, coming into the preseason I, or coming into the season, Iowa State did have high expectations. I mean, this is arguably one of the best teams they put together. Their defense is not a traditional Big 12 defense. They actually have a very sound defense, a very good secondary. Their defensive line is 
dominating in their linebacker group. I mean, I clo- clearly I follow Iowa State pretty closely. I mean, this is a really good program. Uh, I don't think it's inconceivable that Iowa State could run the table Ohio- or Oklahoma State could run the table. Whoever wins that game, I think, is clearly in the driver's seat, though, to win the Big 12. Now with Oklahoma and Texas um, having some off years, man. Yeah, huge game to look ahead to next week. Coming up in our next segment, the big game of the weekend. Why don't we dive right into it? Alabama against Georgia. Can a former Nick Saban assistant finally get Nick Saban? That's what Kirby Smart's going to try to do. We'll get to that coming up next here on Locked On College Football, which is presented by BuiltBar.com. And Andrew, uh, Built Bar, the Built Goes as well. They're just, a, to me, an essential part of the day at this point. I'm, I'm doing radio during the middle of the day, Locked On Vols. Uh, as well each day and the built bar is a, a great easy snack item the bars are are delicious they're covered in 100 chocolate they have a bunch of different flavors i've enjoyed peanut butter peanut butter brownie they continue to mix in different flavors i know you've enjoyed the the pumpkin pumpkin chocolate chip but yeah, all man. kinds of flavors and importantly they're healthy options for you as well from built bar yeah, man. I mean, today I've already had a built go and a built bar. I had a built go, go to wake me up. I got a nice little run in, got a bike in after that. And then halfway through the day, I had my breakfast and I had lunch at 10 a.m. And I was already hungry again at 12 because I've been starving all day. Had a built bar keep me going until dinner time. I mean, it's my go to option for all my workout stuff. I've replaced my pre workout with built go. That's what I use it for. But in a one and a half ounce package, I travel a lot for work, you know, post. Post-COVID, I will at least again. And that's exactly what I would need to be able to pack in my little to-go box to go wherever I'm flying through the United States. Having a built go on the move is fantastic. It gives me the caffeine I need to get through the day. Check out builtbar.com and use promo code locked on. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on to get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com. And remember, while supplies last, you can get a free cooler with your purchase. One more time, use promo code locked on at builtbar.com. Okay, Andrew, it's a night game, so we have all day Saturday to get ready, but it's Alabama against Georgia, and Georgia's coming off another dominant defensive performance. Alabama's offense did everything at one and two against Ole Miss, and Ole Miss's defense is terrible, but that Alabama offensive is loaded up. So you get the great offense led by Mac Jones against Georgia's defense, which has players all over the place, number two versus number three. What do you think Saturday night, 8 o'clock kickoff on CBS at Bryant-Denny Stadium? Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to go against Alabama in this game. I'm don't upset. I think Georgia has a good football team. I think the fact that they are doing it with Stetson Bennett, um, who is not the guy anyone thought would be the starting quarterback for Georgia this far into the season. But yeah. I mean, Alabama, despite how they looked against Ole Miss, and honestly, I thought it was very interesting looking at the comments from after the game. Nick Saban, honestly, alluding to the fact that he felt like Ole Miss knew their plays and knew what they were calling. That's how bad of a defensive performance they had. That is not typically an Alabama defensive performance, though. But back to the offensive side, I mean, can anyone in the country hang with Jalen Waddle? I mean, Najee Harris could have been a first-round pick last year. Mac Jones is making people forget that Tua was ever there. I mean, when you lose a guy like Tua, number five overall draft pick, especially at a school like Alabama, not known for producing top-tier, top-echelon quarterback talent, and you don't even worry about it, it's not even a concern at this point, um, that is a ridiculous amount of talent. And then don't even forget, there's probably another one or two first-rounders in that wide receiver room at Alabama right now. Um, I think – there's not a lot of teams in this country that can hang with Alabama offensively. If Alabama's defense can just get a couple stops, I think this should be an Alabama game. And I think they'll win by more than a touchdown. Yeah. I lean that way as well. And typically in this kind of conversation, I say, I'm going to lean to the team that has the better defense and that's Georgia. There's no question about that going in. Right. 
But if Georgia were better at quarterback, and this is a, a game where Stetson Bennett has an opportunity to prove me wrong, and a lot of people are probably going to say what I'm going to say here. But to me, there's a clear quarterback advantage for Alabama. And also, I think Alabama's O-line can hold Georgia off. And, and last week going into the Tennessee game, Tennessee's offensive line thought that it could do that, and it didn't. But they had all kinds of issues, pass protection issues with the running backs. And um, I, I would not put Tennessee where I would put Alabama right now and Alabama is definitely better at quarterback than Tennessee is. So I, I think with those receivers, uh, the, it's the best group in the country. There are some NFL teams that this can be hyperbole. I don't think it is in this case. There are a couple of NFL teams that would go ahead and right now trade their guys for who Alabama has. And then of course, try to develop them there. They just have that kind of speed, that kind of playmaking ability. Najee Harris could be playing in the NFL right now. Instead he's at Alabama. So Again, typically I go defense. I'm not in this case. I'm going to take the team with the better quarterback and the team that I think will make more big explosive plays, and I think that's Alabama on offense. Now, if they turn the ball over, and if they really can't get stops, if Bennett's able to throw the ball all over the field on Alabama's defense, then Alabama just has problems. But I think they get some things cleaned up, and uh, I think Alabama wins the game this week. Yeah, I mean, if I were an Alabama defensive player, I don't want to be at practice this week because I bet Nick Saban is just absolutely ripping them a new one. No one's job safe after that kind of uh, defensive performance. But yeah, I completely agree. Alabama should win that game. Um, I don't think Georgia's a bad team. I think Georgia is going to finish in the top six, top seven in college football this year. Um, kind of like we've seen the past couple of years where Alabama, Georgia are typically fighting along with LSU um, for some of those top spots. I think Georgia's on that level. I just think Alabama's better offensively. Yeah, I think against most teams, not necessarily this week, most teams, Georgia will have to help. Georgia helped Tennessee in the first half. Remember last year against South Carolina, it took four turnovers by Georgia and overtime for South Carolina to get a win. And South Carolina was not a good team. That was a four and eight team with a win against Georgia, which is really incredible. But against teams like Kentucky, uh, which Georgia will play next week, the Auburn game's already out of the way later on in the season for Georgia. I think most opponents, the talent level is going to be, the talent gap is going to be so wide that Georgia can even mess around and still win the game. That's not the case against Alabama, though. From a, a roster standpoint, we might be looking at the two best rosters in the country. Clemson and Ohio State would be in that conversation. But um, I, if Georgia does make some mistakes and there is the Kirby Smart, Nick Saban aspect of this. Kirby's knocked on the door a couple of times in a national title and SEC title game. Is that an interesting storyline to you? The fact that Saban's now 21 and 0 against his assistants. None of them have, have been able to beat him at this point. Uh, not really. Cause not a lot of people have been able to beat Nick Saban. Uh, I mean, yeah. like, yeah, his assistants Kirby's come but... closest and he's had the best players right at Georgia among, yeah. among those yeah. Saban Saban. You could argue that like teams. the talent, the talent is the same almost uh, there between Georgia and Alabama. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, Nick Saban beats everyone. I, I mean, I, I think it is it is interesting that his, none of his assistants have beaten him, but I think it's less about his assistants and how well or poor they're doing other places than it is. Nick Saban is just the best coach we have seen in our lifetime. I can't yeah. think of a coach that's better than him. Yeah, no doubt. And um, uh, often he's beaten teams where the, the talent gap is so wide. If you look at the margin of victory for Alabama against Saban's assistance, I don't know what the updated number is, but two weeks ago it was just under 26 points a game. Two of the games where his assistants have come the closest, I mentioned Kirby, you also have Lane, who lost uh, lost by one score in 2009 at Tennessee. And then last week, it actually should have been closer than it was in the end. But uh, Kirby's knocked on the door because he has the players that can match up. I think if you traded quarterbacks this week, that I'd pick Georgia to beat Alabama. If Stetson Bennett's there at Alabama and Mac Jones is at Georgia, but it's not. So 
Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take Saban to uh, knock off one of his assistants again, but if you had to handicap, who's going to have the best shot this year or whenever, wouldn't you still say Kirby? Yeah, I would definitely say Kirby, Georgia. I mean, they're a perennial pick to probably be the the team that usually is competing with Alabama. LSU kind of came out last year and, and solidified their spot there. But yeah, Georgia's definitely the team I typically pick to take over Alabama if there is a team in the SEC. Yeah, and uh, t- Tennessee kept things competitive for a while last year, but Tua got hurt in the middle of the game. And in the end, it was still a 22-point difference for Alabama against Tennessee. And uh, Tennessee is on the schedule next week for Bama. So coming off the Georgia game, Tennessee will get – the tie that means four straight weeks. Nick Saban will be coaching his assistants from Jimbo Fisher to Lane Kiffin, Kirby Smart, and Jeremy Pruitt. It's quite a coaching tree. Will Muschamp is in the league, of course, as well at South Carolina. So, um, all right, so we're both taking Alabama to be yeah, Georgia think, this Saturday night. Yeah, so hopefully we're not wrong there, right? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Georgia fans should be excited. Uh, we will come back. What about the rest of the schedule? It's not a loaded slate of games, but that's when things can get interesting. So we'll look at the rest of the schedule for this upcoming weekend when we come back right here on Locked On College Football with Andrew Wade. I'm Josh Ward here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Andrew, so Alabama and Georgia, that's the big boy of the weekend. But we look at the rest of the slate. There's not an, I don't think, obvious matchup to where you say, can't wait for that one. Now, Friday night uh, could have an interesting game. Houston and BYU, it's been such a weird year for Houston to try to get things started up, which they did last week. But uh, Houston-BYU on uh, Friday night, actually an interesting one heading into the weekend. Yeah, man, um, that's the one game I believe I'm taking Houston on. We've been high on BYU the whole year, um, but they finally had their first slip up. I mean, barely getting past University of Texas San Antonio, UTSA, not a program known for producing um, a lot of talent or going to a lot of bowl games, winning 27 to 20. Um, Maybe that's me getting a little bit overzealous and jumping on the 08 BYU sucks train. But I I think what we saw there is that BYU is not as – as perfect as we might have thought. And the competition they've been playing prior to that hasn't been nearly as good. Um, and I thought Houston looked pretty good last week in their home opener or in their opener for the season. Yep. So BYU Friday uh, night against Houston. Uh, BYU is a five point favorite in that game. To start things out Saturday, do you think Miami bounces back? I do. I, I would expect the Hurricanes to, uh, to come back as they're 10 point favorites roughly against Pittsburgh. But what do you think about Miami coming off the disappointing performance against Clemson with an early kick at home against Pitt on Saturday? Yeah, when I look at the Clemson-Miami game, I take nothing, almost nothing away from Miami. I, yeah. Everything we saw from Miami the previous couple of weeks, I still think is there. I think they just ran into a Clemson team that is just literally better than them in every facet of the game. Um, I think it shows that there still is a wide gap in the ACC between Clemson and everyone else. Miami seemingly is on the rise, but I think in this game, Miami's going to rebound. I bet they're pissed off. I mean, they just got smacked all over the field uh we talked about a little bit two their two touchdowns not even legit i mean the second one a little bit but honestly a clemson with the clemson defender decided to freaking wrap up then Derek king wouldn't have scored that either dabba sweeney kicks that tries to kick that field goal i mean clemson or miami only got three points that was an embarrassing loss when you come back from an embarrassing loss you basically have two options you sit down you get your butt kicked or you come back and you go out swinging i think this miami team is a very um angry team at this point and are ready to play and pitch the perfect opponent. I mean, you get a team that has had some expectations coming in the ACC this year. Um, not a bad team, but not a great team by any means. I think Miami's speed and athleticism will, will really work Pitt, even though Pitt's defensive line is pretty solid. Yeah, I think it's comparable to kind of what we talked about earlier with Texas A&M in that you know, they were coming off the Bama game a week ago 
and it was they were coming off the Bama game. That that didn't show exactly what Texas A&M was. You think about Jimbo and the schedule he's faced. He's had he's had the two games against Clemson in non-conference the last two years, and then Alabama. His record's actually pretty good, and that's with having played Alabama every year in Clemson. You take those out, and you got to play them. I know the the goals and the expectations are really high, but against teams like you know, well, Florida last week, you know, teams that are, that's a good team or teams yeah. that are, are down even further, like Mississippi state this week, A&M should take care of Mississippi state, right? Should, we'll see if that's how it plays out. And maybe Mississippi state is getting closer to that where they're not the elite level, but you know what? Only three to five teams really are, but they're good enough to take care of business against Pitt. Let's see if that's how it plays out this upcoming week. Uh, Clemson, do, do they mess around with Georgia tech or do they just keep steamrolling teams? What do you think there? I think they're going to steamroll them, but I think they're going to be up so much in the, the first half that we're going to see DJ. I'm going to mess up his name, but DJ Ogan, Deli Ugin, whatever. He's going to be playing the whole second half. I honestly think like I'm actually taking Georgia Tech to cover just because I think Clemson is just going to screw around. They're going to quickly get their guys in. They're going to get a 20, 21, 28 point lead, put some of their backups in and not mess around with Georgia Tech. It's not worth the possible injury. Honestly, I was shocked they left, left Travis Etienne and um, uh, Trevor Lawrence in as long as they did against Miami when the game was clearly out of hand as well. But yeah, I think that's going to be a pretty easy win for Clemson. Did I mention on the show last week, but every time I watch Travis Etienne run the football, my immediate reaction is what is he doing in college football? Why isn't he playing yeah. in the NFL? That's, that's my immediate reaction when I see him out there on the field. It was so fun watching him just and like Miami's defense isn't bad and they have some athletes and he made them look like they were walking in slow-mo, man. It was a lot of fun watching him play. Yeah, enjoy him while you see him out there, and uh, you'll see him in the NFL next year. Uh, a game that doesn't mean as much for the national standings or anything, but th- these games always seem to get pretty wild to me. Could be high scoring, should be close. Memphis-UCF, it's a 3.30 game on ABC. So with the big SEC game, Andrew, being at night instead of in that 3.30 slot, UCF-Memphis maybe can get a little more attention uh in that window there. So that's an ABC game on, uh, on Saturday. I'll be curious to see that. I think just from an entertaining standpoint, uh, Memphis UCF should, uh, should live up to the billing. hundred um, percent. I mean, this week is interesting because there's just not a lot of high profile games yeah. and we're coming into a week where we get the big 10 back. That's going to be the, the big talk. Um, the SEC is obviously going to be there, but um, having Memphis UCF is going to give me something to at least look forward to take the over on that, watch them score a bunch of touchdowns and have some fun while you're doing it and not actually care about the results because both these teams have a loss. And when you have a loss in a conference like that, you're not going to actually have an impact on the national scale, but a lot of fun just to watch. Yeah, that's a game with an over-under of 75. And, and by the way, that's going on at about the same time as Florida LSU. That's a 4, four o'clock kickoff. It's kind of sad almost, isn't it, that we say, yeah, not a huge slate of games when LSU won the national title last year and Florida has been a top-10 team to begin the season and we're kind of just looking past that game. Does it get interesting? LSU's defense has been a disaster, but Florida's defense has been a problem to start the season what, what do you think there is I would think there's still some pride there for LSU to rebound and not fall to one and three yeah I mean across I mean we look at like the LSU Oklahoma those teams just not doing well is quite interesting to me to see that happen but yeah I mean this game is gonna be a lot of fun to watch the defense is going to be atrocious, as we saw um, in the weird kind of turn of events. We're going to see probably a high high scoring game. I think LSU, there's definitely a lot of pride. And I think Florida, you want to win this game. I mean, obviously you want to win the game regardless, but from a Florida perspective, 
you need this game if you want to stay relevant in the national championship conversation. There's still a possibility, you know, only having one loss. You lost to Texas A&M. As we talked about, Texas A&M could finish as a top 15 team. That's not a bad loss on paper. So Florida still has the outside chance of a college football playoff bid. Um, from an LSU perspective, it's a big game for them, too. It's a rivalry game. They want to beat Florida and LSU just hasn't looked that great, but they need this for at least from a morale perspective to move to two and two. Yeah. Speaking of uh, some respect and needing things to improve Florida state at home against North Carolina, North Carolina uh, really stepped up. I actually liked Virginia tech last week. I was wrong. And uh, North Carolina put up, yeah, put up a ton of points. So now North Carolina on Saturday night will be playing at Florida state. What do you, uh, what do you think there? What do you think of Florida state's chances of making it a game? Yeah, um, so I, I watched the Florida State-Notre Dame game this past weekend, and it I did feel like it wasn't necessarily Florida State being a bad team um, that Notre Dame – I just don't think Notre Dame is as good as people have kind of been hyping them up. And I've I've been on that train of not really been – not being super impressed with, with Notre Dame. Florida State's struggled this year, though, for sure. Yeah. Um, but it seems like they might be getting – you know, they're in their new – they're in a new system with Mike Norvell. They could just be getting kind of their bearings straight. Um, that could be part of it. Uh I do think UNC wins this game relatively easily um, in the end, but I do think Florida State's going to make it a game, at least in the first half, and give UNC a scare. Although I did take Virginia Tech as well. That was really frustrating. Um, I thought Virginia Tech was going to come out. I haven't been that impressed with UNC, um, but they did a good job of finishing out that game, uh, even though they let Virginia Tech get back into it late in the game. Yeah, well, and credit to the Tar Heels. I mean, they, they put up a ton of points. Sam Howell was efficient out there. I, I still like him a lot as a quarterback. He's a sophomore, and uh, he, he's missed on uh, on some deep throws. I know that was a, a part of the Locked On College Football Show on Friday uh, with Colin Wilson on the show, and good point, but uh, clean some of that up. And I, I think Sam Howell's going to be a really good player. Already is a good player, and yep. I think he's going to be a really good player as a, a sophomore there in North Carolina. So credit to the Tar Heels as uh, they stepped up when there was a lot of talk about, hey, watch out for Virginia Tech this weekend, and North Carolina maybe heard a little bit of that and responded accordingly. Uh, what have we missed, Andrew? Anything you want to add? Um, uh, any any picks you want to give out before we go as we look ahead to the weekend? And to be clear, by the way, while it doesn't look like a stacked slate of games, still a weekend of college football. We're a week away from the Big Ten starting up and more games to pay attention to. So it's a really exciting time right now heading into the second half of October. No doubt, man. I mean, just I like the I like the Houston. I like the Houston game for sure. Um, one thing we didn't mention: Florida actually had to cancel practice today as well. We're recording on Tuesday. They had to cancel practice, so be on the lookout for that game. Maybe getting postponed, um, possibly, which would make that Florida LSU game obviously not relevant. Um, sure. But yeah, no, I like the Houston game. Um, I'm going to bet on Alabama to cover too. I know they came out at like negative four and a half, and now it's minus six and a half. Um, I'm still taking Alabama to cover that. The offense is just too explosive, and I don't think Georgia can hang with them at all. But that's what I pick for this week, man. I'm ready for Big Ten football, though. Yeah, and the uh, the postponement of Missouri Vandy in the SEC and Oklahoma State Baylor in the Big 12 is a reminder. We always have to be monitoring to see if teams will play, and I know coaches hold their breasts with, uh, with tests and how the results come out. That's happening in the NFL that's happening in college football as well but uh, we have two more shows for you this week on locked on college football you can check out Andrew Wade on locked on Hawkeyes I have locked on Vols every day covering what's going on with Tennessee and Andrew I'm fired up for next week we will be able to start looking ahead to the start of the Big Ten schedule so next week will be a big one I'm, I'm pumped man can't wait for it Thanks so much for being here with us today. Remember, BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. The show is here five days a week covering what's going on in college football. It's been a Ward and Wade Wednesday. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you next time.